Okay, okay, you ready? Um, so this is episode number five of Little Bear Blog Podcast. We've made it to five. And um, I'm joined today by my mum, Isabel. Hello. <laughs> um, and we've managed to get a little bit of alone time, just the two of us, to have a little sit-down chat about what it's like being the family that are left behind on an expat or immigrant adventure and what it's like on the other side of the fence, as it were. Yeah? So I think she means um, that I'm part of the family left behind. That sounds a bit odd. It does sound a bit weird, but I don't really know how else to describe it. Okay, because you can't say the family left at home because Because you're, you're at home in... And that's the paradox, isn't it? That's the ultimate paradox. So, as cruel as it sounds, the family left behind is the best way to describe, you know, the people that you or that I, as being the immigrant, have left to move to Stockholm. Yeah. So... And the funny thing is um, that I miss Jill more now than I ever did before. because in fact she left home when she was 17 and she went to uh, Canada for a year Um, and then she went to university away from home for three years and then almost immediately she went to London Mm -hmm. for seven or eight years so um, I got used to that and it just seemed really normal and natural Oh, and it should also probably be worth noting that I am an only child. So I don't have any brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. You don't have anybody else to worry about. <laughs> from from a children's perspective. I never, but I never worried about you anyway, ever. Yeah, I know. Does that make me an unfeeling mum. Oh, Christ, no. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. I don't think that's... No. I think it's just... I think it's... It's just... That's... It's about trust, isn't it? Anyway, now that Jill is in Stockholm with her own family, I miss her hugely. Much more than, than ever before. Which kind of ties nicely into what I wanted to ask you about first which was our relationship and how that's changed god even just in the last couple of years i think no well i would be interested to hear how you think it's changed i think it's changed yes yeah but i'd be interested to hear how you think it's changed i think it's changed i think well a i've grown up and stopped being a smart arse basically bluntly as well I've become a mum too yep Mm -hmm. that makes a difference yep and it puts a hell of a lot of things into perspective in terms of going through what you are experiencing the similar emotions and similar feelings that obviously you've experienced in hundreds and millions and millions of others yes I do I absolutely agree Um, it does feel as if you um are more tolerant mm-hmm. and less um, 
and you call it smart ass, less know it all. Hmm. Yeah. And that I can, although I still have to be very careful how I suggest things to you, mm-hmm. um, because I know there is nothing worse than somebody telling you how to live your life or how to bring up your child or how to have your home. But you experienced that with your mum as well. Well, actually, no, my mum, well, my mum was pretty smart because when I asked her for advice about um, you when you were a baby and I kind of was uncertain about things, I remember she said, I don't remember. I don't remember anything about that. It was so long ago. And that's exactly what you say to me now as well. Yeah, and it's true. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, it's true. It's 34 years ago. I don't remember very much at all. (laughs) Well, I think that's totally understandable. I think that's what happens. But, yes, I think think our relationship is less brittle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, More understanding Mm -hmm. of each other. Yeah. I do feel the most enormous pleasure out of knowing that you are happy with Matthias and with Stella Mm -hmm. and that you're a completely distinct family from us and I get an enormous amount of pleasure from that and that you're living your own life and making your own ambitions Uh and that nobody's telling you what to do or how to do it and I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we're not unique, and I guess that's what this whole—I guess that's what this podcast is about, and I guess that's what Little Bear Abroad is about. It's about kind of you know reaching out to the thousands and thousands of other families out there who are experiencing a similar thing. Mm-hmm. But we're kind of making out at the moment that it's really um, easy, yeah, to be um, the family left behind, yeah. and. It isn't easy um, in that our granddaughter Stella is growing up, growing and changing so quickly and we have to kind of start afresh yeah. every, time, every time we're with her. Yeah. So we try to visit um, Stockholm every two months or so or at least we try to make to try to see Stella either at home in Edinburgh or in Stockholm every couple of months. Mm. Um, but it's um, it's not easy um, because she has to get used to us again and we have to get used to the stage that she's at because yeah. she's not at the stage she was at the last time we saw her. Yeah, yeah. And this particular age that she's at now, which is two, is one of those ages where like everything seems to be happening at once. And she, she, they do like kids do change so rapidly in the first three years of their lives, four years, five years mm-hmm. of their lives, really. Um, that it, it's hard even for parents to keep up with mm. the constantly changing, yeah, needs or or desires or you know that today I want this blue cup no tomorrow I'm going to want that green one all that kind of mm. stuff so and of I course can't, I can't even begin to imagine what it's like to have to relearn all of that every single time it's it's really hard yeah and and also of course there's a very basic issue 
that Stella is talking a lot in Swedish. Yeah. And um, while most of the time we can understand what she wants or what she needs or what she's trying to point out to us, that's very different from actually conversing yeah. with her. Yeah. Well, I want to come back to that later. Okay. okay. Because I've got some stuff that I've, that I've got some kind of like anxieties about that too. Um, but going back to our relationship and how it's changed in the last two, three years that I've lived in Stockholm. Okay. Do you think that it's been... I mean, how like in like how do you really feel about me being in a different like moving to a different country? Um, I suppose I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud that you, well, you went to Canada when you were seventeen. You were horrendously homesick. Oh God, it was awful. I um, for the first like Six half months. of the yeah. year. Yeah. And I remember taking you back to the airport to fly back to Canada and saying to you, as we're crossing the car park, you know, you don't have to go. I remember that as well. You can stay, you do not have to go. Mm -hmm. And you just went. And I knew then that it was going to be fine and that you would enjoy the second half of your time in there. And then, of course, you went to London. Mm -hmm. And that was... So I was so proud of you there because you did everything so well. I can remember uh, the weekend that you went down to London to find somewhere to stay, and I think you'd um, lined up seven or eight apartments on Gumtree to visit, and you visited, and I collected you from the airport at Edinburgh when you came back from London, and you were so tired <laughs> you couldn't even speak. <laughs> I didn't ask how it went. Anyway, um, it seemed to have gone fine because you found somewhere to stay. And you settled in London and we enjoyed visiting you there and that was all fantastic. Uh, Well, it wasn't really. I mean, I hated my job. Okay, you hated your job, but it was fantastic for us to have somewhere to (laughs) stay in London. (laughs) And then um, you met Matthias and we were delighted about that. And you told us you were going to Stockholm, and we were thrilled. We thought. Did you know when I met Matthias that it, you did you think yeah she's going to move? I assumed you would. Yeah, because I, I didn't even know that I was going to. I, I I kind of assumed you would. I suppose in a way I hoped you would because I knew there were a lot of advantages to living in Sweden, mm-hmm. and I think you're quite an adventurous person and. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. We were. We were delighted. I think, really, because of Matthias, because we like him so much. Yeah. We trust him to look after you in the very best possible way, um, and we're just and thrilled. And also, that you have a wonderful um, set of in-laws in Barbro and Stura. Mm. and mm-hmm. a great family mm-hmm. in Stockholm who we met they're all fantastic and we're just really really thrilled and proud that you've you've made a life for yourself there mm-hmm. well you make it sound really cool <laughs> you make it sound really awesome 
And then, um, and then I, I, I slightly worry when I read or hear on podcasts and on the internet and in um, on, on the blog and so on, Little Bear Abroad blog, how difficult you found life. And I feel, I feel really, really cracked up for you that you found life so difficult at times. Yeah. But um, I think that's the I think that's the the key point is that no matter how much life is awesome living abroad, there are always gonna be times when it's really crap. Yeah, yeah. But you can't get away yeah, from that. Yeah. You know, I mean life is really crap when you're living at home sometimes totally. and you're in your own place and um, you know, things are not well, even if things are going well, you just don't feel a hundred percent, and you're not up for it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. But anyway, so all the more proud that um, you've made a great life for yourself, and I think Little Bear Abroad is a fantastic achievement. Thanks. Thanks. But it is. I think. Do you think that you ever? I remember you saying to me once, just after Stella was born, because obviously I moved to Stockholm when I was seven months pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you then I remember you saying after Stella was born, she must have been about maybe three months old or something like that. And you said to me, I never understood or appreciated how much I would miss you more now that you've got now that Stella's here. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think because we understand each other better, we have more similar experiences, and we're more sensitive, I think, mm-hmm. to each other's needs as mm-hmm. well. Although we can still get it wrong, for goodness oh my God, sake, yeah. we can still get it wrong. You know? <laughs> so I have to, I have to preface text messages with things like. I hope this isn't going to irritate you too much, but... <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah and, um, and also, Jill is always very upbeat um, when we spend time with her. And I do sometimes... Apart from last night. Well, no, I do, I do, I do sometimes <laughs> wonder if um, you're relentlessly upbeat for her sake. No. Mm. Okay, good. That's Certainly good. not this holiday. Good. But maybe that's just been the sun. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and I actually forgot to say actually, before they started the podcast, we are still in Portugal. <laughs> We're still in Portugal. Um, and we've only got two days left of our holiday. Yeah. And of course that's Two days like... left to get it wrong. <laughs> and that's another thing about spending time with Stella mm-hmm. and Jill and Mateus. Quite often when we see them, it's a holiday yeah and it's not routine mm. and that's another kind of factor in that that makes things slightly um just not usual yeah. not usual it's a kind of a, not a routine thing and so. i think i've heard a lot of people like you know expats immigrants whatever you want to call it you know international people who come who who fly home to their to their homeland where yeah. they're from originally um, and I've, I, and they've said you know it, it's exhausting doing that because 
you know, you, you, you feel a duty to see all of your friends, mm. see all the family, yeah. you know, do everything that everybody else wants to yeah. do, make sure that everything's ticked off the list before you come yeah. back home because yeah. it's a finite amount of time that you've got with these people before, you, you know, you have to come back home and, or before you see them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, so that's very true because we're going to fly back to Edinburgh, Scotland from Portugal, Portugal. Yeah. and Jill's going to have like... 24 hours maybe 36 hours, something like that. Yeah. And there's loads of things I would like her to do, none, <laughs> none of which we're going to do. Um, because you, you haven't told me any of them yet. <laughs> well, there's family yeah. um, that I would like you to see, but actually, you know, we're not going to do that. And guess what? You know, it's not a matter of life or death. No. It's okay. Yeah. I guess that for me, that's the thing that I've always got in the back of my mind is, is it a matter of life and death? I mean, are we going to see any of these people ever again? You just never know. I know that's a bit doomsday. I know that's a bit doomsday. But it's the more, like, I have the mortal coil. That's the mm. thing that's at the back of my mind. I think the other thing, too, is that we try to encourage people from um, Edinburgh, Scotland, mm. to go over to Stockholm yeah. and see Jill. Yeah. Uh, because Stockholm is such a great place to visit anyway. Yeah, and uh, it's great for them to go over and see Jill and Matthias and Stella on their home territory yeah. as well. Yeah, it's much more yeah realistic than them coming over here Definitely. for a holiday or them coming over to Edinburgh. Yeah, well, for n- at the moment yeah. it is. I mean, I hope in the future. The one thing we haven't been able to persuade Jill to do, oh God, is to <laughs> thank people at home who send her gifts. <laughs> And who send birthday presents I know, and things for Stella. I know. I, I'm and she so is so crap at I'm thanking so people. I'm so awful at that. I'm so... I am on a reconciliation path of trying to fix that. I need to... I, I have to get better at that, I know. I do, I mean, I do. Time. Every so often I do buy her little packs of thank you cards. <laughs> And I'm sure she's got a stack of hoarding, them. Hoarding them. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but let's go. You, you touched on um, the language barrier mm-hmm. with Stella, uh-huh. with your only grandchild. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel mortified because Stella seems to understand every single thing we say in English. And I really don't understand everything I, she says in speaking. No, I, I'm going to stop you there. I don't think you should feel mortified mm-hmm. about this. And, and this is something that, this, this is where my anxieties come into this. I feel as though I've let you down and I've let her down by not encouraging her to speak more Swedish. And I've talked to a lot of people more about Scottish, this. More Scottish, more English. More English. More Scottish. More Scottish. More Scottish. <laughs> Um, we have to say, you know, waiters and things say to us, are you English? And we go, no, no I'm Scottish. We didn't vote for Brexit. Um, oh, I've said we're not allowed to say the B word. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I feel mortified that Stella doesn't speak any English. Um, and I've spoken, I've, I've kind of voiced that anxiety to quite a few people who are close to me and uh, and I think I might have said it on this podcast before as well. And it, it's something that really, that deep down, really worries me. Um, because I am the only person that is responsible for her speaking English. 
there's nobody else in my family apart from you and dad mm. who are who, who are talking English to her. Mm -hmm. Matthias talks to me in English, mm -hmm. so she hears English, mm -hmm. but he always talks to her in Swedish, which is absolutely, you know, the done thing, and that's quite, you know, as he should do. But it's something that really concerns me, and I know a lot of people just, a lot of people have said to me, a lot of people who have older children have said to me, it's fine, don't worry about it, they just get it. It'll just happen. One day she will just start speaking English, and you won't even you won't even realize she's doing it. Um, but obviously she's not there yet. Uh, she's still quite young. She's only learning Swedish herself. Um, and I, I it pains me. It really pains me when we're in a situation like this on holiday, or with you and Dad in Edinburgh and you don't understand each other or you don't understand her um, and it makes me it really it really upsets me oh um you shouldn't you shouldn't get that upset because we she does eventually make herself understood we do understand her but like you say it's not like having it's a not like a conversation. conversation yes i know and I, even I don't feel as though I'm having a conversation yeah. with Stella yeah. these days because there's a there's I mean obviously we understand each other my level of Swedish is around about her level of Swedish and that's probably you know but I it's just I feel I don't feel it's like we're I'm, I don't feel like I have I'm not sure is that you know is the is the relationship that I'm having with Stella the same relationship that I would be having with a child that I raised in the UK. It seems pretty normal to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it seems pretty normal to me. But just you with the get, language barrier. You get stuff. impatient with her and bored with her and <laughs> infatuated with her just All as at the normal. same time. <laughs> it's true, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. good. That's good to know. But I it just I think so it's difficult, um it's quite difficult for your father and I to engage her yeah. in kind of prolonged, a prolonged game or activity because of the lack of conversation. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest issue, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. I think that's something, like, that's what I want to know about. I want to, and I want to know how that, could that affect a relationship with you and her? You know, that's the questions that I've got about the future. Yeah. How is that yeah. going to affect the her relationship yeah. with you and dad? Yeah. You know, it's all very well Barbara and Stura saying, don't worry, don't worry, it's, don't worry, it's fine. She's going to learn English. It doesn't really matter anyway. Uh -huh. Well, no, actually, it does matter because she's got a whole family which is English or, yeah. or, or English Scottish. speaking. Yeah, Scottish. English. Um, yeah. You know, that's the thing, it's like, yeah. I kind of sometimes don't really feel as though, and this is where I'm going to get on my high horse soapbox here, I know, God, hold me back, I sometimes don't feel as though my concerns about her language or her not speaking English and being able to communicate with you and dad in the same way that they that she's communicating with her Swedish family, Yes. I sometimes don't think that's taken seriously enough. Yes, it's, it's an issue. And that really upsets me. It is an issue, but I think I just feel I have to be patient and it's kind of mixed up, the language thing is mixed up with also with the fact that we don't see her very often. Yeah. It's quite complex and it can be frustrating. Complex. It's frustrating 
but um, you know we've got time and I mean that's an issue actually we've got time I'm 71 72 and Stella is two and you have to say to yourself well hmm, actually how much time have we got really well, you know? it's not exactly like you're on death's door. No, I'm not. I'm perfectly healthy. You're totally healthy. I'm totally healthy. You're the only 72-year-old I know that doesn't take any tablets. Well, I'm totally healthy. <laughs> but at the same time, you think, well, how much time have I got, do you know, to see my granddaughter grow up? Mm. Um, but I'm quite certain that we'll have... A, we have a great relationship with her now, actually. Now, you know, if we can... If we can um, tease her up not tease her if we can drag her away from her parents <laughs> who are far too far too uh, soft with her and far too loving if we can drag her away from them we actually have a great time yeah we have an absolutely great time yeah um i don't know if it's the same for all grandparents no but we can't compete with her mum and dad when they're around um she, we're not of any interest to her. While her mum and dad are around, they're number one people. And we really, actually, literally, we have to take her away yeah. to have any kind of relationship we, time with her. But we need, Matthias and I need to be much better at, actually, I'll be totally honest, Matthias needs to be much better at letting go. Let's be honest. You know, you're laughing. <laughs> you're hee-heeing over there in the corner. But it's true. Actually, Matthias is very, he's very, he is such a great, loving father. He is fantastic. And he loves spending time with her. Nothing is ever too much trouble for him, as far as Stella's concerned. All right, enough of the old love fest for Matthias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just too so, bloody clingy. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he does... I sometimes wonder if he has separation issues. <laughs> you shouldn't laugh about that. <laughs> uh, no, he's yeah, he yeah, but the it's become quite clear on this holiday that he she's a daddy's girl. <laughs> Isn't that for sure? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. I think and your relationship with Stella reminds me very much of my relationship with you, you know. I love children, but I couldn't eat a whole one. <laughs> oh, God. We're not purporting to eat children, by the way. We're not condoning <laughs> that in any way, shape or form, before we get emails. <laughs> um, no, I, I, that's exactly how I feel. But that's one of the reasons why I'm not sure if I want to have any more children. I, I don't know what to say about that. No. It's up to you if you have more children. No, I know, I know it. I know it totally. I know you're, um, you're I don't know what you mean. Um, I but know I'm just saying that I don't... I love Stella with all I have. Yeah. However, however much or little that is. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I, and I am completely satisfied. Yeah. Yep. I understand that. That's probably... Yes, I understand that. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, we come from uh, there's. I mean, gosh, loads of single children around. Our friends are single. Yeah. children. Yeah, we're. Um, it's kind of just how it was. Wasn't I know. It? I know. I know. Yeah. So I'm always really astounded when people have like five kids. <laughs> I'm like, whoa! How does that even work? You know, I'm, like, I'm in total admiration. Like Ellie, for example, is having her third baby. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, complete all of her. Yeah, yeah. I think she is a bit sure. I think <laughs> lots of children is lovely. I mean, I think having three children is absolutely fantastic. Mm. Not for not for, not for everybody. Not for everybody. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love it. I love to see. I think I do admire people that have more. You know, have lots of children. I think it's. Um, I think it's very admirable. Mm. Yeah. Come yeah. to Scotland. We need more children. We don't have enough children in Scotland. Is that true? Yeah, we have a falling population. Well, we didn't yeah. know that. Hmm, interesting. Um, so yeah, but back to the language thing. I think that is my biggest concern, in for about about the future. We tie it into the future, um, and the future of our relationship with you and Dad, and the distance issue. And you know your your future, your and dad's future. What's that got in store, and how Stella's going to factor into all of that? Yeah, and I do sometimes wonder if you're absolutely settled for life in Stockholm, or if the nature of Matthias's work might the you might suddenly find yourself going somewhere else. Yeah. So that's always a possibility too. Yeah. But I get the sense that um, you and Matthias are up for that. Yeah. And if it comes up and it's a great uh, opportunity, then you'll do it. I mean, and I think you won't worry about leaving <gasps> the family back home. No. I think we're quite. I think we don't dwell on it. I think that's the thing. Hmm. We're not dwellers. We don't sit here and dwell on. Or that. I mean, that's how I've learned to deal with. The kind of the culture, some of the culture shock that I've had to that overcome is you just don't dwell on it. You just be like, don't think about the past, don't try and think too much ahead in the future. Just, just stay in the present, stick to what you know, keep going. I think that's a great philosophy, because it's one that I don't have. I mean, I'm constantly <coughs> planning for the future. And well, I am a planner naturally. Yeah. I am a planner. Um, but I've, uh, but the, the, the whole culture, the whole being in a different country, being in a foreign country, living in a foreign, starting a new life in a foreign country has forced me to be more present in order to deal with what's in front of me now, okay. as opposed to thinking about being stuck in the past and thinking about how things were uh, how they, and then, or how they should be. But you know, I don't think you ever, uh, you were never like that when you moved to Stockholm, you were never comparing your life in Stockholm with any life that you had before then. But is that not because I had the for... Well, not the, it's not the foresight, but it's like the... the I, ha, I was fortunate to have experienced... Well, I wouldn't say fortunate, but to experience what absolute, utter culture shock slash homesickness was when I was in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew how bad it could be. I mean, like, we're physically ill. Yeah. yeah. Homesick. Yeah. Um, so I kind of knew what to look out for, what to expect. Yeah. yeah. What to look out for, what the kind of warning uh. signs were. And also at the time, I was so wrapped up in the fact that I was pregnant. Mm. I mean, we moved house, we had a baby, and we moved to a different country at exactly the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. And so, and that's what most people are dealing with. And took on board um, a new, you had a new home, a new flat, and you took on board a new family as well as Matthias. 
you took on board his mum and dad, mm -hmm. his brother yeah. and his extended family yeah. as well. That's not that's not an easy thing to do, to take mm. on... But that's what so many people do. I mean, yeah. that's what moving abroad yeah. Yeah. is. I mean, it sounds glamorous, it sounds really exciting, it sounds like a massive adventure, but at the end of the day, it's actually mm. about all of these other mm. elements that people don't really think about. And holding on to your own identity, oh, too. Oh, God, Leia, yeah, that's, that's, that's so difficult. Different. Yeah. And all I think, different things. And I think one of, the things, <laughs> one of the things that amazes me is that, and this sounds like it's a love fest between Jill and I, I know, that's it totally does. Um, okay, so let's try and be a bit more objective. Yeah. It's so easy in Stockholm uh, to work full time because they have such a great system of um, preschooling. Yeah. So it's easy to work full time. So I would imagine it's easier to hold on to your identity if you get a job full time and you go out working in Stockholm at doing something that you're good at doing and that you like doing. Yeah. Whereas what you've done is you've chosen to stay at home and work from home and build up Little Bear Abroad mm. on your own. Mm. I can't, I mean, I, I can't imagine how but I think difficult that is. Yeah, but you'd be surprised at the number of people that are doing it. And okay. that's the thing that I think that I, through, through Little Bear Abroad and through meeting so many people who are yeah. doing exactly what I'm doing, yeah. I'm not a unique person, um, they are doing the same thing and it's mostly out of necessity it's mostly because they've had to make so many sacrifices in their life because of this big move uh -huh. that they've had to give up a career or job prospects mm -hmm. or something they've had to move to a different country they're in the process of learning a different language mm -hmm. so they then start going right well I need to be doing something now. I can't sit on my bum for two yeah, years yeah, while I learn a language. Right. I need to be going out and doing something. So they start their own businesses. And I think nowadays, you know, that whole, that it's all about, you know, entrepreneurial nomads. Yeah. That they can move around and they, they, they can take their jobs with them. And it's a real, it's a, it's an, a hugely important skill that people are developing. And it's a very 21st century. Yeah. Um, uh, skill that um, is, yeah. Now, one of the things that you've said there just um, sparked off an idea for me. Um, is Matthias aware of the possibility that you've made sacrifices to be with him in Stockholm? Yeah. Yeah, because we've talked about it very openly, mm -hmm. and I think that's a really um, that's a really important part of making something, making a move or a transition mm -hmm. to a foreign country um, successful. I think you have to be honest and open, and lay all your cards on the table and tell your partner how much sacrifice you feel you are making. Yeah, and for them to do the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, for them to do the same back, like, Matthias, at the end of the day, is that he is the major, he's the breadwinner in our family. Yeah. All of the financial responsibility falls on his head. I think that's so tough for and a man. And it's so It's so hard. tough for any man um, who is the sole breadwinner. I think that's a really, really hard gig. 
it's getting harder i think actually mm. you know there's so much talk there, there's a you know i'm you know what i am i'm a, I'm a feminist mm-hmm. i'm all about emancipation for, of women mm-hmm. and about promoting breaking that black breaking the glass ceiling and you know trying to get that third sector of not sector that's the wrong word but that third part of the population back into work yeah you know following child care following child you know having children all this kind of stuff like that you know but at the same time it's not getting any easier for guys mm. you know it's like emancipation of women is as much a guy's issue as it is a woman's mm. issue mm-hmm. and at the end of the day i think it's a really important factor in 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 dealing with you know like getting women back into work after after having kids yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm fortunate that i now live in a country sweden which actually has one of the best systems in the world for dealing that dealing with that you know free subs- massively subsidized childcare and paternity leave can i ask you a question um how best can a partner a male partner or a female partner for that yeah a partner how 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 best can a partner show their understanding of what it's like to leave your home country, leave your family, leave your friends. How best can a, a, a partner um, show appreciation or understanding of that? Are there things, are there particular things that they can do? Yeah. That, that show yeah, you Yeah, I think so. I mean, from, from my perspective is that Matthias is Give, has allowed me the opportunity to develop a little bit abroad. Yeah, yeah, yep. and that is the ultimate sacrifice mm-hmm. from his point of view. Yep. you know, he's said to me, "I'm, you know, we've got this certain amount of time that you are gonna take this nugget of an idea mm-hmm. and this concept and this, mm-hmm. you know, resource and develop the crap out of it as much as you can, and we'll see where we can we, we can take it." Yeah. But obviously, after a certain amount of time, we need to then start thinking about, you know, I need yeah. to get a job, I need to, you know, we're... Yeah, I suppose when I said um, earlier, when I said I didn't worry about you at all, um, the only thing that gives me cause or pause for concern is thinking how tough you must be finding it financially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that does bother me. Yeah. Um incredibly tough yeah and it's uh, about to get even harder yeah yeah and how is it going to get even harder well we just had this holiday uh-huh. I mean, which i know that obviously you and dad gave to us mm-hmm. um but you've got the money to spend but we've had you have to spend yeah, money yeah yeah of course yeah yeah you know so and we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna have a pretty you know dry month dry few months yeah <laughs> yeah and the other thing too is, um, although Dad and I are not well off at all, um, we we have got a little bit of money, and I I quite like offering Jill money, <laughs> um, and she doesn't often accept it. But I sometimes wonder how Matthias feels about us paying for things now and again like yeah. this holiday yeah. for example and how does he feel about that yeah. and is that does that upset him i don't know that's a really good question and yeah. that's something that I, yeah. I probably should be a little bit more yeah. inquisitive about uh-huh. 
Um, I think, but I think, I think it's just it's, a, it's that's it, that's at the end of the day, isn't it? It's these fami- familial, familial uh, complexities that you know you have to deal with. Sure. sure. And I think it, my best piece of advice, and you can you can do a bit of advice as well. From my perspective, the way that you know we've made this move successful is by being absolutely brutally honest with one another. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes it's really hard, and sometimes it's really tough to be that honest with one another. But at the end of the day, I don't have any resentment towards Matthias. Matthias certainly doesn't have any resentment towards me, you know, or our families. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's how that's one of the one of the ways to 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 sort of work, you know, at you know being a family, mm-hmm. especially when the, you know you have half of that family living in a different country. Mm-hmm. So has having Stella has that altered your relationship with Matthias? Oh my God! Yeah, of course it has. Uh-huh. Why me? Yeah, <laughs> massively, absolutely. Um, but that's a whole different other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were to have, if you were to give, like, to, to to wrap it up, if you were to, if you could um, give any pieces of advice for people living uh, with family in a different country, what would that be? I suppose it would be about having as good and frequent communication as possible and seeing if you can afford it, seeing each other as often as possible and um, boosting up the empathy stakes, trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes, what it's like. for Jill to be in a different place, to understand how fed up she can get with um, being away from home. And yeah, I think it's just about communication. And we do FaceTime, but I hate FaceTime yeah. actually. Can't, We're much better really. What's that? We're better on text and WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> but that can sometimes be misconstrued as well. Um, that's not and a then, great And thing. that's the other thing about have, trying to have a relationship with your grandchild over WhatsApp. Oh, it's not going to happen. Forget it. I'm not new. Maybe she can start recording little messages for you. <laughs> <laughs> she can start her own podcast. Well, thank you very much for speaking to with us and with me. Okay. It's been a real pleasure. I've enjoyed it. See, I told you you would enjoy it, didn't I? <laughs> You'll be asking me when we can do the next one soon. <laughs> okay, well, um, yes, thank you for listening again. Um, and uh, if you would like to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at littlebear underscore mag. Or you can click the like button on our Facebook page and keep tabs on what's going on via Facebook. Thanks.